2: The quality of the set was amazing. Um, yeah? Oh, I don't like
0: it. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to this very special feature episode of the Scare Trap podcast brought to you by our partners across the pond, Haunted Attractions Network. Now, before I get onto this episode, please do head over and go and support the Haunted Attractions Network, whether it's their podcast, whether it's their social media. Oh, absolutely everything. Even join their mailing email list because the information and content Philip Hernandez puts out there is second to none. I'm loving the videos, loving the podcast, loving getting a newsletter and and all the the written... you know all the written content on their website as well head over to hauntedattractionsnetwork.com it's all on there and he's bringing some amazing content uh for haunted attraction lovers um including this latest episode now philip was very very kind reached out to me we have a great working relationship um And he recently just released uh, one of his latest episodes, um, and it's about women uh, in haunting. Uh, It's uh, within haunted houses. Uh, Recently, there's been a brand new book released, Not Afraid to Slay. Uh, It's been written by Jan Knuth and Candy Cross. Now... Jan joins Philip Hernandez of the Haunted Attraction Network to discuss what she learned while writing this book, and like I say, it's all about um, women of the haunt industry. And I don't want to give too much away and, and and explain how this book was was created and and the the sort of the movement that's now happening in America regarding women in, in the in the scare industry in the haunt industry because philip goes into that within this episode he's actually been actually been so kind to let us play his episode in its entirety within this special scare track episode so take a listen take it all in and then at the end i'm going to give my thoughts on what i've heard i was actually really quite surprised uh about this interview um And Philip is right, he he said that it would be intriguing to see what we thought about it here in the UK. That it's a perfect kind of episode to get people thinking, um, not only over in the States, but here in the UK as well. Um, But I am, um, I'm just a, a single, I'm a straight white male, so I'd be giving it maybe a little bit of a of a a one-sided viewpoint so i'm going to get hannah into the podcast as well to ask her a few questions regarding being a female within the uk scare industry now i've um listened to this uh episode this uh, haunted attractions network episode and and i I really was i really was quite surprised and um, i'm glad it's all moving in the right direction i'm glad that there was a a women in haunting uh panel i'm glad this a book not afraid to slay women of the haunt industry is now out go and get a copy i'm gonna get one and have a read myself um but i'm gonna get hannah on uh, who is one well, my wife but also my partner in crime when it comes to the Scare Trap podcast she's been within the scare community as long as i have i'm gonna ask her some questions completely blind i'm not gonna ask her to listen to this i'm not gonna tell her what it's about i just want her honest answers of of how she feels it's like being a female within the uk scare industry now there's going to be some slight changes um jan is uh, a haunt owner whilst hannah in the uk scare industry is, is more of a haunt reviewer uh, and a scare actress and uh we've we've helped created little attractions for children and we've consulted on uh, a few attractions for for haunt owners as well but we are more so on maybe a different side of um the scare world compared to to jan but Either way, Hannah's still a female within the scare industry, and I'm really intrigued to hear her thoughts on how she feels, um, how women are represented within the UK scare industry, and how, um, and then we can discuss maybe how different it might be or how similar it is uh, to to Janstoy in the uh, in the states. So I really do hope you enjoy this episode. A huge Thank you once again to Philip Hernandez of the Haunted Attractions Network. Really, really do appreciate uh, him letting us use his his full podcast within our special here now. So, I'm going to play the uh, Haunted Attractions Network episode. I really, really do hope you enjoy, and then we'll get Hannah onto the podcast straight after.
1: Ever since the first Women in Haunting panel at HauntCon, a movement has been building to acknowledge women in the haunt industry. And now, finally, we have an industry book telling their stories. Not Afraid to Slay, Women in Haunting is a new book by Jan Knuth and Candy Cross. Coming up on today's show, Jan joins me to discuss what she learned while writing this book and how it can help you engage your community and sell more tickets. From the Haunted Attraction Network, I'm Philip. Stay with us.
3: My name's Jan Knuth, and I own and operate a haunted house in Holdridge, Nebraska, called Gray House Haunts. And in 2020, I wasn't able to open just because of our physical limitations we had. And on a whim, I decided to contact Candy Cross and write a book. When Candy and I spoke, she really wanted to write a book just about me and my haunt. And as I said, I, I was not overly comfortable with that. But I knew that I had met mostly through Facebook, a lot of amazing haunters. And you know what, like I said, whether vendors, actors, whatever. And I thought, I don't think they're getting the recognition they deserve. And so she and I had a long conversation about what does that look like? How do we proceed? And I made it plain to her, I don't want this to be like, yay, women, we hate men because that is not it at all. It's more just giving women in, in some way a, a bigger platform. One of the things that I see frequently on Facebook, usually around this time of year, is haunt widow memes. And the implication is always that the man is off to build the haunt and the poor little woman is sitting at home. And what we're finding more and more is that's just not the case. There are more women builders and scenic designers and managers and owners, etc. And I think sometimes we just, we put ourselves in the background and sometimes we're put in the background. It's both ways. I did a live YouTube interview and we were talking a little about the book, but we were talking a lot about just like my experience in haunting and how I got started And we, you know, we're just chatting and having fun. I couldn't see the comments, which I, that's fine. I don't need to. But when we got all done, one of the hosts said, I was trying to delete those comments before you guys saw them. And I'm like, what comments? And he said, Oh, there was a guy on there saying you women should go home and have babies. And I thought, I kind of wished I'd known at the time he'd said it, just for the fact that it's like, dude, you made my point. You just made my point that women need to be in the forefront a little more, not instead of men, but with men. It, it, it's kind of like the old thing where someone says, I went to the doctor and you say, what did he say? It's a learned response. Yeah.
1: I think you had a different perspective going into it because you are a woman that is Mm -hmm. in haunting and you have the firsthand perspective and then you're going in and talking to everybody. Right. And what jumped out to you?
3: The main thing I took away was, you know, if we're talking about just the women's experiences, is I had women in the interviews from I've been so discriminated against, it's just shameful to... I've never been discriminated against. And it stunned me. I fall somewhere in the middle. I think I'm probably average. Yes, I've experienced the cold shoulder or the wall going up, that kind of thing, but I don't feel victimized either. Just that, such a broad range. And I'm not sure the meaning of that. I don't do social work or social research, but I just found it interesting that there were women that said, that's never happened to me. And yet there's others that were like, you wouldn't believe the stuff that's happened to me. I, I don't know. I wonder sometimes if it's not being recognized or some people are supremely confident. They're born that way. They just function that way. And they just don't care what you have to say. And so they just float along in their little <clears throat> atmosphere and disregard that you may have been discriminating against them or insulting them or whatever. So it, it, it was odd.
1: I think I've experienced both ends of those, being like both a person of color in, in the industry and also being part of the LGBT side. I think like my first trans rolled way back when, I was just, I was just like, Excited that I was like, oh, here's a bunch of people who are also like me and that and right. that like me is the haunter part. But then I think there was a moment in the Marriott bar, for some reason, I just looked around and I suddenly realized everybody around me is like a straight white male. Right. It almost felt like high school when you come into the yeah. Marriott. Everyone has their haunt shirts on and they're, the clubs. Yeah. And the, it,
3: It's like they're wearing their Letterman's jacket. Yeah, but it's a truly. Haunt yeah, and they're made
1: to look like Letterman jackets. Yeah. <laughs> really.
3: They all- And I get it. I rarely am even on a Zoom about haunting that I don't have my haunt t-shirt on. I, I still remember when discussion boards were big and I got on there. There was one other woman on there and I felt like I'd walked into a men's locker room. I really did. And it was intimidating. That was 14 years ago. And I am much more confident. Now I just kick the door open and go, here I am. But then I was a newbie, and so I wasn't overly confident. But absolutely, I I felt that I was treated differently. I was actually ignored, is what it was. I was completely ignored. And I referred to myself as the thread killer because... (laughs) The second I would comment on a thread, it would die. It would just stop. And that's when I realized that, again, this is 2014. And even in this seven years, that's when I went commercial or pro, whatever you want to call it. But in this seven years, there there has been some evolution. There's been some change. But yeah, it, it definitely felt discriminatory. It, it felt sexist.
1: It's a much larger problem. Like, you don't, like, women don't see other women in haunting. It makes them less likely to go into haunting, which then just perpetuates the problem. It's a cash swing, too.
3: Yeah, because, for instance, one of the reasons I wanted to highlight women, in whether they own a vendor business or they own a haunt or they're in a successful acting troupe, it's because it's entrepreneurial. It's women that are entrepreneurs, and we need to see ourselves that way in order for younger women coming up to achieve those things. I casually said to my niece a year or two ago, I said, oh, I really wish I'd been a cop. And she said, why didn't you? And I said, because in rural Nebraska in 1983, there weren't female cops. I had nothing to tell me that was okay. That was a possibility for me because I didn't live in California and I didn't know Charlie's Angels. And so that that wasn't realistic for me. And I could see this light bulb go off in her head that if we don't see it, we don't think we can achieve it. And are people at fault? Yes, but also we're not. We have to just keep making progress, keep going down that path, and eventually we'll get there, but i'm I don't think there's an endpoint. I think we can always improve.
1: Did you have any other stories of things you discovered while you were writing the book, or any other learning moments you want to touch well, on?
3: I one of the things I also wanted to do was to not only bring in basically white women. I I wanted to find women of other races to bring in and hear their story, what's their experience, and not only to represent them, but to also see how their experiences might differ from mine or from another woman that I talked to. And I literally didn't know any women from other races that are in haunting. And... I had to reach out to someone. Now, now you got to keep in mind, I'm in rural Nebraska. Everybody looks like me, except certain pockets in the area. A friend of mine said to me, I see white people. And I said, yeah, that's where I live. So I actually reached out to a friend and I said, please take this in the best way. But I need to find some women in haunting that are not white that don't look like me or, you know, sound like me or grew up like me. Because I can't say I'm representing women if I don't represent them. I found two. And both consented to interview. And only one responded when I sent the request. But she's an amazing young woman. Her name's Casey Cole. And she does a lot of acting. And she was really honest and bold. And yes, her experience has been different, which I I think we can all understand why. And it's because she's a a Black American and a female. And everything for her is a little (laughs) elevated. Yeah, and she's a haunter. And so you add all of those things together. And uh, I think she has almost a whole chapter in the book, honestly. Yeah,
1: I'm so curious to dig into that. Like, how did you feel? Well, it it sounds to me like uh, you started this journey, and I'm already seeing how you've almost gone down a mini rabbit hole we yeah. you started it, where your, your <laughs> friend comes over and your friend, your journey could be a story and you're like, uh, I want to make it about a little bit more than that. And then you're like, oh my gosh, look at all these other women. And then yes. you had that moment where it clicked when you were like, wait, all these women are white women. <laughs> yeah, and so then you're like, wait, my book should be more diverse even than this. Yeah, and my, then
3: Exactly. Even the thing that I wanted to do, which was represent women, in the beginning, I wasn't representing women. At first, I was representing white women, mm-hmm. mostly middle-aged white women, or however you want to define them. I'm still very young. But yeah, and it, it was really important to me to have that, at least an awareness of diversity. And I, I did only get to hit it in just little pockets. I had one actress that was a member of a minority. I had one male interviewee who happens to be a gay man. I tried, but yeah, it was a rabbit hole. It was, how far do I want to go with this? Do I want to become adversarial? Or do I want to pretend these things don't happen? And so I really tried to land somewhere in between I don't want to alienate people because that's not how we get change. But if I can present to somebody and say, this is what happened to this actress, and that's not okay, but this is still a wonderful community and industry to be involved in, we just have some faults just like any other community or industry. And I, I think the, the awareness of diversity, lack actually of diversity is, is really small. I think most of us don't pay attention to it. Um, and again, I think highlighting actresses, owners, whether they're male or female, but of other ethnicities is beneficial to all of us. We always talk about how we can't staff our haunts. Let's open up these communities and show them You can belong here, too. Haunters don't have to be just white people.
1: Why do you think that we're not paying attention to this? Or why do you think that it is where we're at right now?
3: Well, that's a good question. I don't know if I have an answer that's very nice. (laughs) And I don't know how to be more honest than that. I think... I think it's white privilege, the nicer version of that, to not alienate completely my white audience, (laughs) because my audience is going to be 98% white. I think that we often, as haunters, and even just in other industries, we approach things only from our perspective. I will give you... Yeah,
1: like, what do we think is scary, basically? Well,
3: what do we think is scary? But it's even deeper. I'm going to call myself out here publicly. There is a community about 45 minutes from where I am. And I have to go outside my geography. I'm in a small town. I have to pull in. And so I thought, it's probably about half white and half Latin American community. Largely Spanish speaking. And I thought, well, we'll take posters over there and I'll target them on Facebook. And so my sister and I took these great posters over and we hung them all over town. And then as I'm doing this book and I'm talking to people about diversity and reaching out into different little pockets of society, it was like a bell went off in my head I hung posters in a Spanish speaking community written in English. Only English. It never even occurred to me to maybe have a dual poster, maybe a column of English and a column with Spanish, or two posters. And I was, I have to admit, I was just, I felt stupid, because that's really poor marketing. So, from a biz- business perspective, that's stupid. From a human aspect, it was embarrassing. Now, I did have someone say, the young people over there know how to read English. They probably do. But I also want to get their aunt, who will tell them, mm-hmm. oh, you should go to this place. And I want to get their grandma, who's always looking for fun things for them to do. So... Those people might not be able to read English. Even if they can speak it, they might not be able to read it. And I think we have to become more aware as marketers, but also as human beings. If I were in that grandmother's shoes and I saw a business, whether I could read English or not, that put it in Spanish as well, I would appreciate that. And I'd be more Mm -hmm. likely to tell people, hey you should go check that place out in her because apparently mm-hmm. we're welcome there.
1: The fact that you're a Latin American community and the poster is not in dual languages kind of is sending a subtle signal they're not welcome.
3: Exactly. Which is the
1: opposite because you actually want to sell tickets to them. <laughs> Ideally, you want them to come see the show.
3: Completely unintentional, but again, it's a lack of awareness. I know for me, my intention was never to insult or offend or be racist in any way. But that's how we can be subtly offensive. And so you have to check yourself sometimes and go, okay, why did I do it that way? Or what was that thought that just popped through my head? But I think the welcoming part is vital. Last year, for the first time, now this is a a completely different community, but I did a 10% military discount. And I spoke to a gentleman who'd done a little bit of uh, work with me on a video, and he happened to be a veteran, and and he said, most veterans won't use the discount. Hmm. But he said, what it does do is it tells them you respect them, and they're more likely to come. So again, it's that welcoming message, whether it's safety, or we won't discriminate against you whatever it is that they feel that they can come to your business and, and participate.
1: And so under that theme of welcoming, do you think beyond just the policy things, like these are like making sure that the posters are in dual languages and, and all these little these are a bunch of little tricks, but do you think that stems from ultimately from having a more diverse team? If if you have a team that is made up of a military personnel and someone from the Latin community and someone from the black community. And then you have women and men. It, do you think it then is that the goal? Cause then it's more likely that your Latin team member will tell you, Hey, this seems to be also offered in Spanish. It <laughs> can't just be right. an English only sign. Is, is, is that the goal? Is that what we're shooting for?
3: You know, I think so. When I first started Gray House, it, it was interesting because I have the same core cast, but they've changed personally so dramatically. Several of them have come out in this Mm. time. One completely changed her dressing aesthetic, not her pronouns, but she went from quite feminine to quite masculine. And But I think watching them and watching how they evolve helps me be more aware, helps me realize that we're not cookie cutters. The one actor I have who the first year I worked with her was very feminine. I, I will say I sensed in her that she was uncomfortable in her skin, but it, it's not my story, so I, yeah, I'm not the one's going to tell it or share it, you know. But the next year she came back, and it was like she was a completely different person, but she was comfortable and she was happy. I had people in my cast ask me, is she transgender?" Or is she a lesbian? Or basically, what is she? Is what I felt was being said. And I told them, I don't know. If you want to know, you should ask her. And all we really should worry about is that we're respecting her choice to be whoever she is or who she wants to be. The only thing I asked her was, would you prefer that I dress you as a female actor or character or a male character, because I don't care, but I want to know up front. I don't want to put her in a dress and have her so uncomfortable all season. And she told me, yeah, I would prefer to play the more male character. Great. That's all I need to know. The rest is none of my business. One of the things I really like about some of the experiences I've had is that I have people that are that are extremely conservative, you could even say homophobic, but then what they have discovered is it's really hard to hate somebody you're sitting across the table from, and they start to see that that young man is just a young man. He's not that gay guy. he's your coworker he's he's your friend. and I think too, some of the the people that have come out while they worked with Grey House have come to realize that um, sometimes you got to cut people a little slack and give them just a little time to learn and adjust. While that's taking place, there should still be respect. But I, I think, again, it's awareness. If you're not aware that there's women out there, if you're not aware there's women of color out there, if you're not aware of the... LGBTQIA, I learned IA just yesterday. That that community, you won't make them feel welcome. And if they're in your staff, you certainly won't make them feel welcome.
1: We're shooting for is a broader awareness overall, which leads to us being able to create more welcoming environments, which then creates a more diverse team to help us get even more welcoming, which then what that does is it shows the people that we're trying to have come experience the show like our customers you belong here that this you all belong here because our our team is diverse and our thinking is diverse and and that starts with awareness you're aware of it first then you welcome you build welcoming messages in you build a team and then you hopefully attract a better customer base because you are you're more diverse
3: Absolutely. And wouldn't it be great if we all just did it because of the humanity of it? Oh yeah, That'd be great. But we are all in business. Mm -hmm. We want people to attend our show or or buy our product or whatever it is. And so you have to expand and you need to attract into communities that maybe you're not necessarily a part of. And yeah, I, I would love for it all to be about humanity, but sometimes it is just about business. But even that's a step.
1: If the first step is getting that awareness, how do we do that? We can get the book and we can read the book and that will tell us stories. There's one step. How else can we build awareness?
3: It's the things we use in our marketing. We use Facebook and we use Instagram and things like that. Go see other haunts. What does their cast look like? Do you have the opportunity to have your cast look that way? And that's people of all shapes, sizes, colors. We become familiar with what's around us. I can remember when my niece saw a black man for the first time. And she was maybe a year old. And she was just staring at him. And it was like, oh my gosh, quit staring at him. And he said hello to her. And he said, I look different, don't I? And he put his hand out to her, and she reached out with her little tiny finger, and she touched his skin, and she looked at him just so shocked because he felt like her dad, a man's hand. Mm -hmm. She learned, as a baby, what we could all learn is whatever you're around is what you're used to. So if you aren't used to people of other races, other genders, other sexual orientations. Maybe you need to get more comfortable with that.
1: Yeah, it sounds a little bit like your journey, too, where you started looking around and having conversations and asking questions, and then you fell down this rabbit hole.
3: (laughs) Yeah, it has been a rabbit hole. It it absolutely has. And yeah, one day I might even crawl out of it. I don't know. (laughs) I might just live there. It's a very interesting thing to to talk to so many different people. Y'all have the same core story. Oh, I loved Halloween, or I did a home hunt, that kind of thing. There's chronologically, there's a similar story. I have uh, one woman who does this amazing home hunt, and she can fabricate anything. But she ran a construction business before this. So her experience was amazingly different Than mine was. I came from the medical field, which is predominantly female, but also hyper sexist. You could go with this as deep as you want to. Someone should write a thesis on it, not me. I'm not going to do that.
1: Today's show is produced by me, Philip Hernandez. I also did the editing of today's show, and post production was by David Swope. Today's show is made possible by support from Gantum Lighting and Controls. Gantum illuminates attractions worldwide with the world's smallest intelligent spotlights. If you want to learn about what Gantum is up to and see some of our new lights, you can sign up for a free demo and a chat with our sales team at www.gantum.com/demo. That's gantum.com/demo the haunted attraction network is also supported by our partner stations those stations include scare track podcast the uk's first haunted attraction and scare attraction podcast a scott in the dark periodic podcast for haunters and haunt topic radio one of the og podcasts around all right until next time haunters stay scary this is a haunted attraction network production
0: vision proud sponsors of the scare Track podcast uve are a multi-award-winning themed attraction and design company providing bespoke themed attractions theming events and experiences contact uve today by visiting unlockedvision.com now let's return back to the show and remember let's get scared So there we go, folks. Uh, Thank you very much to Philip Hernandez of the Haunted Attraction Network for uh, reaching out to us Uh, one of our uh, partner sites over in the States. Um, He knew that this would be a great episode for us to put out uh, and for our listeners here in the UK to check out as well. Uh, So I thought I'd just give a little bit of of my thoughts um, back after that interview and I wanted to get Hannah as well. Hannah, my lovely lady wife, how is it going? Hello. Hello. Uh, now, uh, you guys may know if you're listening to this podcast uh, uh, for a little bit of a, a little bit of time that Hannah is uh, my wife, and we have been running Scaretrack together for about five years now, um, and we we love it, don't we? We love the scare industry. It's yes. just our happy haunted family isn't it (laughs) uh we've missed scarecon over the last few years um but we can't wait to get back next year and um yeah our scare friends are are really really close to us and the scare community the haunt community is is what we all know and love um and we're sort of within it within different capacities slightly to each other but also different capacities uh to uh to haunt owners and uh, attraction designers and um speakers at haunt cons and and trans worlds and things like that. So I wanted to just to, just to give my thoughts on, on the interview that that Philip did there and uh, also get Hannah on just to ask her some completely blind questions. She has no idea what I'm going to ask her. She's actually not listened. You haven't listened to the I interview yet. have no yet. idea what's going on. You have no <laughs> idea what's going on. And the reason I've done that is so you might not be slightly swayed or anything or, or suggestible in any way, shape or form. I just wanted to get your raw, honest... Um, feel lot honest uh, answers from from what it feels like for you to be a female within the UK scare industry um I mean I
2: can't tell you what it feels like to be a man well you can't no that's very good
0: you can't tell me what it feels like to be a man um so um I've I I listened to I listened to the interview uh, a few days ago now actually and we've, we've just managed to sit down now with Hannah so my thoughts are first of all wow um Actually, and I tell you what, I'm going to give my thoughts afterwards because otherwise, <laughs> I can I can uh, be suggestible to Hannah, couldn't I? So um,
2: suggestible about what?
0: <laughs> about right. Okay. So um, basically, um, this interview is it's all about women within women within the haunt industry. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now in the states, and they're, they're, they've, wrote, they've written a book um, regarding how it's it seems to be very dominated by the straight white male um and things are changing which is great and it's moving in the right direction how i feel the rest of the world is slowly we slowly moving into um the 21st century really it's 2021 people can love uh, whoever they want to be they can be whoever they want to be they can uh, change to whoever they want to be and um we here myself and you completely believe in equal rights for men, Mm. women, uh, gender-fluid people. If you want to be gay, straight, bisexual, um, polyamorous, absolutely anything you want to be, you can be it. Love is love for us. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And that should translate not only uh, in a gender point of view or in a sexual orientation point of view, but it should be the same in a workplace. So I'm going to go a little bit different here to start off with but hannah you are a manager of a pub of a bar yes
2: um
0: and you have been since you were 21 yes do you feel that and i will bring it back to haunts and scare attractions later but do you feel that you have ever been sort of looked at as not an equal to men within that Industry within sort of like the food and beverage industry, do you feel that being a, a woman as a, a general manager, you were one of the youngest managers in uh, the in the company's history, have, have you ever thought that your age and gender not got in the way but hindered anything for you on your journey?
2: Oh, 100%, all the time.
0: So, because you were a woman. With,
2: with customers, it was always like, well, you're not the manager. It's like, yes, I am. Well, you can't be. Where's the gaffer? The word gaffer was thrown around all the time, mm-hmm. and that's a predominantly like...
0: A male. male
2: expression, and yeah. then and then with the with, with the peers and the the CEOs of the company and the area managers and stuff. There was always the the little girl really it was always quite quite male heavy, mm. um, and always felt like you had to prove more.
0: Okay, right, and that's from CEOs and mm. uh, and from ops directors and general managers as well. And I guess you could probably get... did you get that from assistants as well? Maybe if you had a male assistant, did you ever feel that yeah, there was
2: always felt like. They knew more than me. Yeah, yeah. It's so like, I earn the big bucks for a reason. Yeah, <laughs> you know, hey,
0: Hannah knows her stuff when it comes to running a bar. <laughs> uh, that's why you are the bar fixer. Um, so I, I just wanted to touch on that, really, just to see if you did have any, just anything, a, a good example within your life to show that you've been looked at, you felt not equal. Basically, you you feel that mm. they look down on you, and they feel that you. Um, you should stick to your little department and and that sort of thing, that you are you can't run the ship, basically. Yeah,
2: I think, like, what, you wanted an example?
0: Yeah, if you've got one, give us an example. Uh, yeah, there was
2: just an example where um, the area manager, so my boss was on holiday, and I was looking after the area and trying to get m- male managers that were essentially my work colleagues that I was now in t- charge of because I was mm. doing holiday cover, trying to get them to do anything. It was like... But no,
0: and do you feel that was because you were a woman or just before because you were covering? I think it was, I think
2: it was um a mixture of um age and um the fact that i 'm female,
0: yeah, yeah, and it is uh, in, in fairness i don 't think age was touched on uh, so much with, within the interview as such, and I suppose it doesn't need to be uh, within this kind of industry mm. uh, I think and- with the
2: pub industry that predominantly like a lot of managers are um older men older men yeah, yeah yeah
0: and i can see that definitely um so um and i just wanted to touch on that because i just wanted to show that you have first handedly for your entire career you know you're the youngest manager in the indus- in the in that particular brand of pub that owns you know hundreds of pubs around the uk um
2: I never minded. I felt like it always pushed me to be yeah. that extra bit. That's because
0: you're a strong, independent woman. Yeah,
2: it always pushed me to be like, well, I do your job just as well as you, so I'm going to do it better.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, and and again, that's what you know. The, these two fantastic women who have wrote this book about have gone. Look, we can do things just as good as you guys in the haunt industry. Um, let's let's sort of swing it back to the haunt industry then, because I want to give my two cents about the interview, which I, I thoroughly enjoyed. And I hope you guys did too. Uh, and once again, thank you uh, to the Haunted Attractions Network for letting us do this sort of feature special on their episode. Um, but I was very surprised um, on how... What's the word? How um, it didn't feel equal at all. Now, we run a scare attraction podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have done since 2015 and you um, basically joined in sort of like after the first year, after yeah. me and me and a few friends were trying something out. We enjoyed it. So we did it properly. And of course got uh, Hannah on the team as well, who, who brings fantastic content. You know, she does our beer break again, you could argue that beer break. People would think, well, it's beer, it's it's lager, it's bitter. It's, it
2: should be a man. It should sport. be a man sport, but it's <laughs> but not. I can drink you under the table. Hannah
0: can drink me any under the you. table. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hannah, yeah. Hannah will drink any listener under the table. Yeah, uh, yeah, um, and she says that with confidence. <laughs> yeah. um, but so we uh we aren't haunt owners we're not directors we're not creators uh, but we have um designed and developed um a few scare attractions for children uh for halloween uh we've uh myself i've done a few uh, scare convention um, seminars and some panels, uh, and we've acted at a number of scare attractions as well, haven't we? Yeah. We've acted. So although um, we can't give a direct uh, sort of comparison uh, to to the actual book as such, um, because we, we don't own a haunt, but we have been in and around the industry for a number of years now, uh, and in different you know in different fields. So before I sort of give my two cents on it, Hannah, have you ever felt that? You've got the same sort of. Um, have you ever felt basically that the scare industry is similar to your pub industry? That you've uh, felt that your. Let's take the scare track podcast, for example. Do you ever feel that your opinion doesn't quite matter as much as as my opinion, or as uh, Sean? Sean was on the podcast for a number of years, or anyone else. Have you ever um, felt that?
2: I don't think so. No. I don't know. Like it's hard because when we get invited to attractions and stuff it's predominantly as press and you don't belittle your press of course because then you get bad press
0: very good point so I've
2: never really had like attraction owners um, make me feel
0: um, like PR teams or anything like that
2: yeah I've never really had that I've had um, I've had like some people in the industry make me feel like um, my worth is less than yours Mm -hmm. um, but I wouldn't say that that's like attraction owners, and I wouldn't say it's affected me at all. Would you, you know, also? You, you, you predominantly do the podcast. I
0: was just about to say. Would you say that's gender, like gender related, or would you purely say it's, it's because people know that I, I predominantly do the editing i predominantly do the recording the filming and things like that. basically i do i do most of it and that's only because you work more hours than me in your in the day job i can finish work at eight o'clock at night but you could be working till one in the morning yeah. um so that's just the way that our life works and it's the way that we we, we, we live I, I think, but would you say it was because they think it's because you're a woman or just because they know that i take a lead role in these things only because of never time no very true
2: we'll never know People. But I think it's very, very even. Like when we've gone to scare cons and stuff, like I don't feel like it's very man heavy. I feel like there is a nice even distribution of uh, men to women within well, our industry. Yeah, you know, that's, every, that's what I every, to every touch haunt, on. Every haunt or scare attraction around the UK that I think of, and I think of their um, their key team, there are women present. And I can't think of a team of any attract like any any
0: scare event, or any attraction. scare event
2: that doesn't have a strong female presence
0: i agree i really do and and this is why i was was really quite shocked on the actual listening to the episode um so let's take um let's take our listeners for for starters um and we have them all around the world thank you so much but um listening looking at the statistics and especially over on our instagram and stuff it's very 50 50 between men and women Um, now granted on our social media not quite everyone will watch every video we do not everyone will listen to every podcast we do some will pick and choose some will dip in and out some people just follow for the sake of a follow because they like a few pictures that we've pulled up so i understand that but when it comes to our demographic on all our social media pages it's very very split down the middle of men and women um, which um, i think might come to a surprise to lots of people however when we are so let's take it from our point of view of just looking at these attractions and you say sort of teams that are creating these haunts and scare attractions. Let's take the uh, scare actors group that I run here in the UK. It's the biggest collection of scare actors within the UK all on Facebook. Again, so many men, so many women. And there's never ever once, in my opinion, I've never seen in the in nearly 10 years we've been sort of within this industry... Anything, anything derogatory or anything, any comment made regarding gender. I don't think I have. I really. Whether we are just living the dream and we've missed it or ignorance is bliss i don't know but do, do you have any
2: uh... i mean i might be completely oblivious to it like you say that i'm oblivious to most things you know <laughs> we, we were walking down the streets in amsterdam once and mikey was like get on the other side of me i was like why is like are you completely oblivious like men were trying to sell us drugs in the street and i was just walking around like tra la la absolutely Um so maybe i am like completely oblivious to it but i've never really felt any attraction owners um have been sexist towards me no. or, or um, treated me differently because I'm female?
0: No, I don't think so either. And in fairness, if we're going to take a, a very new example, we just released over on our social media um, that a, a, a an escape room slash haunted attraction, a brand new event coming this October. Uh, we are supporting and sort of sponsoring the event, something very new for us. Um, Hannah has had more... Uh, questions about it than me (laughs) again I don't think that's a gender thing I think that's just they see that Mikey and Hannah run the Scare Track podcast Mm -hmm. along with our guest hosts as well Dan and Jess from UK Haunters Kate Monroe uh, Polly from Horrorbox but again and and that's a very diverse team Uh, Dan you know there's three men three win, women uh and erin over in america is running our uh, you know a new american section oh, so, so there's
2: more, women, there's than more men. women
0: than men in fact you know so if
2: you want to apply and you're yeah. male <laughs>
0: <laughs> but again I, again i've not choose her because she was a woman i chose her because she was a, a you know a, a person that we've got to know over the years who loves haunts just like we do um again uh, polly amazing writer for horror box Kate, an amazing makeup artist, and myself and, you know, and Jess, they make horror films and made UK Haunters again.
2: And we're I, just here in our tiny studio bringing everyone together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: but yeah, I mean, I mean, look at the acting teams. I'm, I mean, let's think of a, a very popular scare attraction that probably gets nearly more than most other um, attractions when it comes to visitor numbers in the UK. It's got to be the likes of Thorpe Park, um, Orton Towers, Toddish Oktoberfest, Scare Kingdom, all these places, I've never once come out and thought there were way more men than women.
2: I don't see, like, man or woman when I'm being scared. Like, I don't get True. scared by a clown and go, that was a scary female clown, mm-hmm. or that was a scary male clown. I'm like, that was a scary clown.
0: Yes, yeah. Well, that's nice as well, though, that you look for them for the character and not their gender. Hmm. Absolutely. But because we know quite a handful of them behind the scenes, they're thinking behind the scenes. So let's take um, Thought Park, for example. I know that behind the scenes there, Steph Ricketts is running the show uh again a, a female lead um and uh, her team are uh leah parker molly cliff again uh, fantastic females within this community and again i don't i don't look at them as females I, I look at them as supervisors of fright nights yeah i look at them as people um because i just don't think there's that i there is always and ha, ha, there's always been gender inequality um and unfortunately, I think there might always be gender inequality. And it's not right. It's not good. It's 2021. It shouldn't be happening. However, I believe from my point of view... And again, that's why I wanted to get you on here. Because mm. I'm, I am... I'm i am the straight white male in the room. Uh, so it'd be unfair for me to just give my two cents and say that's what we've got here in the UK. Mm. Uh, that would be unfair. So I wanted to get you on as well. Yeah, but I, do you I, ever... I mean let's i mean just any anyway, i mean fear avon valley um uve created a handful of their attractions along with the team that's seb and jade a man and a woman they've worked alongside doug and hannah a man and a woman they both genders take the exact same lead role within those maybe companies. we're just quite
2: um different to the us then i don't know And maybe it might be an age thing, like, a lot of um, new up-and-coming companies um, and people, like, leading these attractions in the UK are actually quite young.
0: Especially the likes of, you know, Trixie with with warsaw scare maze mm. um again his team is always very uh, another thing i wanted to point out as well actually let's let's talk about a warsaw scare maze and i know the guys won't mind me discussing this um along with um a number of haunted attractions in the uk um although this uh, the interview was mainly talking about women within the industry, but they did touch on race and also touched on sexual orientation mm. as well. the fact that Philip said that he was in um a trans world and it, he was looking around and it was full absolutely full of the straight straight white male mm. They actually looked like uh, jocks from a from a high school it's Ooh, it's no. is that sort of a <laughs> yeah i know so to me that just feels so different yeah. to the scare industry in the uk so if we take our scare which is the only comparison we can make mm-hmm. really far smaller scale far smaller country so i understand that now i would say and i don't want to put um statistics on anything but around the room i can look round, and within my eyesight i will see men women straight gay everything uh, uh we have multiple gender fluid people within the industry um we had uh, we have uh people of different races within the industry um so when i heard that i was like gosh it sounds like it sounds like high school i was surprised like to think just straight white men looking like jocks you know um or would you agree Doesn't with me? Sound there?
2: any fun?
0: <laughs> <laughs> it just surprised me. And don't get me wrong; this isn't us trying to badmouth that situation. I know that you know things like this book and time progressing. And I mean,
2: the issues do have to be out there. Like, yeah, there, there is a, a group specifically, just at Park Scares and Glitter. They d- specifically um, look at the LGBTQ plus side of stuff, and Absolutely. they create LGBTQ plus um, events where people yeah. can, can go to scare attractions in a safe environment yeah. as, as a group so there obviously is an issue out there i just never see it
0: true true
2: because everyone's always so nice <laughs> absolutely
0: absolutely um i, I totally I, I totally get what you're saying and, and park scares and glitter who are they're like a review site similar to us mm-hmm. they they write blog, blog posts a really lovely team again very diverse team of men women women, <laughs> uh, a lot, uh, women um uh, straight and gay as well you know again a very diverse group um we so there is obviously, and we, you know, we are still we put up our flag for for Pride Month as well. So, and there is, will always be, unfortunately, there will always be discrimination about things you're not used to, and and they touched on that in the interview. If you're not surrounded by your mm-hmm. surrounded by that sort of thing, or if you're not open to that sort of thing. um it can scare you, or you can look down on it, or you can be taught wrongly about things. You can have a, a bad judgment or bad thought process regarding something that's not the same as you. I don't know whether it's because myself and Hannah, we're extremely open to anything and everything. You can be who you want, yeah. love who you want, I mean, marry who you want and shag who you the, want. At as the end of the day,
2: with. I go to a scare attraction to get scared. I don't care if you know it's a, a wildebeest that's running it that's you know suddenly become articulate in english and like, <laughs> you know what i mean like it doesn't bother me no no at all
0: and and, and i think we're lucky because we look at it, we are within the horn community but more so from the outside perspective mm. um i mean don't get me wrong we could try and delve in a little bit and i know the uh people so there's a there's a group of farm parks within the uk um that are they're all quality scare attractions, and and the leaders, the owners of those farm parks, are men. They are. Now, I have never seen or heard of any gender inequality within those businesses. Within farmers. Um, within within farmers, yeah. But I mean, it's a different, it's a different breed to us, you know. Far- farmers, we love them; they put on great events, but they're different people. They are. But I've never once seen or heard you know that there's been any gender inequalities or gender differences there but i do understand that the creators and the owners of maybe five or six of these um these scare attractions you know the the farm park style attractions they are led by men um but their teams are full of women whether it be um and i'm not just talking about costume and makeup because that's i think sometimes a, a box that that we feel that women can get pushed into uh-huh. um, and and I suppose you can sort of see that when we 've seen people win awards for their makeup and their costume, you could argue uh, you know, um, that many of them are women in fact. Now that's not belittling women. That's just saying that they rock at what they could. That they're good and many, at
2: many farmers are men. Exactly. You, you know, people do the jobs that. Oh, sorry, that they are um, better at.
0: Yeah, and that doesn't mean that it needs to be gender uh. at all. I I guarantee that I could probably sew buttons on my shirt far better than you can. Probably, but and I
2: could probably lift something and move it quite far better
0: than you can oh wow we're going there yeah no we're not we're equal (laughs) but yeah i mean i don't want to waffle on too long we've spoke for a little bit of time now um but yeah i just wanted to say uh first of all thank you to philip and uh, and for letting us do uh have this sort of special episode on and i was just intrigued to see what hannah hannah would say and i think you do agree with me in the fact that we are i i believe really quite lucky in, here in the UK haunt industry. Yeah. Um, I mean if
2: you don't agree let us know you know if you've ever felt any kind of inequality or that someone's treated you different um, mm. in the industry because you're um, female because you're male because you're non-binary because you're gay because you're straight let us know Yeah. Um, because I have I've never experienced it so in my eyes I think it's quite um, an open minded and loving community
0: yeah um, I believe so
2: but I mean, there's so uh, there's sh- people that
0: own haunts. that That's what I was trying to get. i sorry earlier with Warsaw Scare Maze. Mm. Um, that um, that within their uh, it's actually run behind a gay bar, uh, and a lot of the team. Um, and uh, it is are, the okay. best,
2: no I doubt. It's one, it is fantastic,
0: <laughs> and it's one of the best scare mazes in the UK. Won multiple awards. It is absolutely fantastic. Um, but teams all around the UK, I, I, I know that their creative leads are. Um, women or are gay or are non-binary, uh, and that's why that's why I mentioned Warthel Scare ScareMaze and then we sort of we moved on. But I think um, I, as a scare actor, have only ever been trained by women. I've mm-hmm. been trained uh, by uh, Katie Hastings at Scarecon, uh, 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 Rosie uh, Redvers Jones. She uh, she um, has has trained thousands of actors. Um, just. Uh, but not to say there's amazing male actors, uh, you know, Kieran Quinn. Uh, he is a fantastic um, actor trainer as well. And he works at Orton Towers. So again, we sound like we're waffling, but I think we're both on the same page. And I'm glad, without you actually haven't listened to that interview, and I, no. I know you're good. So looking I'm, forward so to do it to check it out I'm now. I'm
2: taking from this conversation that it's very
0: slightly different. Yeah, yeah I believe. And again, th- this is we're talking at it from a slightly different p- perspective because we're not haunt owners mm. we could say for example you were to create your haunt you went you were a home haunted and turned professional you might have a different story then mm. you might go you know what i went to x y and z these men for help and they just looked down on me because i was a woman in the haunt community again i don't see that and I think the opportunities that we have within the UK scare scene, which is growing rapidly each and every year, is uh, the opportunities are very much equal for men and women. Um I would say that the take up of new new blood, new actors every year is very equal between men and women Um I know someone who, um, transgender people, someone who, who, who's completed, you know, who's, who's post-op, who has just created a brand new entire screen park, and no one cares who or what they are, they just care that they've created a brand new screen park, and that's what I general public might be a different story, you know, overall... People are vicious, they are mean, they are judgmental, there is racism, there is sexism, there is inequality. That's not right, we want to change that, love is love. But yeah, we're we're, we're going on a tangent now. Um, Our episodes are very much not as uh, well um well organized as philip hernandez <laughs> from haunted attractions network uh, but again i think we'll uh, end it there and say a huge huge thank you uh to the haunted attraction network for letting us put this episode out and thank you hannah uh, it's been great to chat to you uh to get what you thought about it all really you're welcome thanks very much (laughs) right uh and folks like hannah said if you've ever felt anything different or if you agree with us please do let us know we love interacting with you guys over on our socials we are on instagram twitter snapchat and facebook just search for scaretrack send us an email if you prefer scaretrack at gmail.com and remember you can find everything scaretrack related over on our website at www.scaretrack.co.uk awesome. Thanks so much for listening, guys. And let's get Get
2: scared. scared.